Happy holidays and welcome to another episode of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and Woo, the Scarf. We are coming to you from Free Play LA at the Bank of California Stadium. Big shout out to Brandon and Aaron and James. Thank you for letting us record here. Woo. We greatly appreciate the hospitality and, of course, those wonderful little green shooters, the Julius Peppers. Yeah, we had one right before you turned on the hot mic so that we could record this, our very last episode of 2019. And don't worry, if you hear some music in the background or some hooting and hollering, we are at Free Play LA, like Philly mentioned, and we are currently watching the second half of the Holiday Bowl on television right now, and that is, of course, USC's bowl game, currently down 28-24 to the corn-fed boys of Iowa. Speaking of bowl games, Scarf, what bowl is LMU playing in this year? I believe LMU is still selling those god-awful T-shirts they sold when I was there that said, still undefeated since, I think it was 1973. Of course, we have not lost a football game since the 70s because we have not had a football team since the 70s. Well, I can't say my alma mater is much better. The Indiana Hoosiers did finish 8-4 and four this year, and they're playing the Tennessee Volunteers in, get this, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Woo. Now... That is some backwater-sounding-ish if I've ever heard it. (laughs) Indiana has not won a bowl game since 91. That time they played in the Copper Bowl where they defeated the Baylor Bears 24 to nothing. Now, I am aware of the fact that this is the most useless bit of information you will ever hear or receive on this podcast, unless, of course, you went to Indiana. But, hey, go Hoosiers. Yeah, the Copper Bowl no longer in existence, which tells you how long it's been since Indiana won a bowl game. We barely see Copper in existence with the pennies, so Copper in its own right isn't around anymore. Yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, this is our last episode of 2019. We've taken a little bit of time off here and there in December, but of course it has been a crazy one with both Christmas, Hanukkah, all the New Year's fun that is about to be had, and a lot of family time. But we did get in a fantastic episode, not on our podcast, but over at our friends Shoulder to Shoulder, where we, again, were lucky enough to be their interview guests for episode 50 of their great podcast. Make sure you check them out over at Shoulder to Shoulder. Very well-deserved congratulations for those guys. They do a wonderful job, and they do a ton more interviews, actually, than we do. Although we've got a fun one coming up in our first episode of 2020. We will be sitting down with none other than Sticks. That is right, the man who founded the Think Watts Foundation and represents Watts wherever he goes and everything he does. We know him from my home, of course, the theme of LAFC and at Bank of California Stadium. We are very excited to kick off 2020, not just with our interview at Sticks, but with our fundraiser, our season-long fundraiser for the Think Watts Foundation. It's going to be a great episode. We can't wait to sit down with Sticks and hear the story. Once again, if the sound is off, we are in Free Play LA today recording this episode. Why? Well, why not? It's Friday and Scarf and I like Julius Peppers. Enough said. (laughs) So if you hear kids screaming and yelling and people hooting and hollering like you said earlier, again, we're at a bar. Don't mind that. But Scarf. Not only did we do the episode with Shoulder to Shoulder last week, we also had our one-year anniversary party at Free Play, and it was a really good turnout, wouldn't you say? It was an awesome turnout. We had so many different people come and hang out with us, not just for our one-year podcast anniversary, but, of course, our friends from the crew, they were doing a toy drive for the Think Watts Foundation, so we were able to partner with them and on a great cause. Big shout-out to Hank and everybody else over there at the crew. It was awesome to be able to hang out with all of them. And, and 
Philly, we had a lot of familiar faces come and hang out, huh? We did. People from founders, people from all the different supporters groups. And we got a really nice gift, and I wanted to shout them out. Shout out to Francisco and Raul from LAO. Thank you so much for this bottle of Presidente that you guys bestowed upon us. Thank you. It's this really awesome brandy from Mexico. This will now be the pre-show shot that Scarf and I will take at Philomonster Studios before recording. So if we start to sound funny... El Presidente and LAO are to blame for that. But seriously, thank you so much for the great gift, lads. Yeah, I might get a little bit louder in here as USC also just recovered an onside kick down 28-24 here in the second half. That's what you heard a little bit of hooting and hollering. This, again, our final episode of 2019, the first full season. We did record a few episodes late in 2018, but our first full year of podcasting fun and shenanigans of course we're going to talk about the upcoming schedule for our boys in black and gold not just the ccl schedule but of course our entire season-long schedule has now been released we've got some new year's resolutions we're going to talk about heck yeah we do lafc news and notes a new signing that we want to make sure that we talk about but of course you guys know my favorite we're going to start it out with this day in LAFC history. And this, we are recording on the 27th of December, two days after Christmas, just a few days before New Year's. And on the 27th, Laurent Simon made his return to Major League Soccer after a small stint in France, signing with Toronto, who had to use their number one spot in the allocation ranking in order to sign him. Of course, he was our very first captain and had a lot to do with a lot of our early success. Of course, who can forget the incredible moment in Seattle? Of course, who can forget the incredible moment opening up Bank of California Stadium against Seattle? We didn't know that we had two goalies playing for us at that moment as Stefan Fry allowed that goal to knuckle right past him off of Laurent Simon's foot, an incredible free kick. Yeah, he left in some different circumstances here from LAFC. But on the 27th of 2018, he came back to Major League Soccer, signing with Toronto. And one other big moment in LAFC history, on the 30th of December in 1996, the heartbeat, the energy, the passion of our team, Latif Blessing, was born. Happy birthday to Latif, 1996, on December 30th. Of course, our next episode won't be out until 2020. So we want to wish a very happy birthday to Latif Blessing. And that has been this day in LAFC history. Thank you, Scarf. Now, a little bit of news has occurred within the black and gold, and we touched on some of it briefly on Shoulder to Shoulder, but we wanted to discuss it as well really quickly on Defenders of the Bank, and that is our new signing, Francisco Ganella. We talked about this again on the Shoulder to Shoulder podcast. If you didn't listen to that show and you don't know who Ganella is, we will tell you. He is an Uruguayan, and boy, are we cornering the market on prospects from that part of the world. 20-year-old from Montevideo. Played 32 games with the Wanderers, the Montevideo Wanderers, that is, scoring one goal. The kid has been linked to the national team for quite some time, representing the U18, the U20, and the U22, and I'm quite surprised that we signed him. The kid has an Italian passport, and he has garnered attentions from big clubs in Serie A, such as Fiorentina and Inter Milan, but the fact that we signed him says a lot. And as far as the duration of his contract is concerned, we have him for at least four years. LAFC paid $2.5 million for 75% of his rights, and he is not a designated player. 
We've talked about what the TAM and the GAMs of the world are. Because he is a specific international player, we utilize targeted allocation money in order to acquire this contract. But welcome to the black and gold, Francisco Ganella. I'm sure you're going to grace this roster with your presence. He's going to have a very, very tough task competing against our boys in the midfield. I mean, we still have Atsuesta, we still have Blessing, and we still have Kay. Healthy competition is good. It's only going to rise and elevate everybody else's game, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and Philly, it's one of those things that you and I have talked about at length here on the podcast. Not just building depth, but building security for the future. You mentioned it. A four-year contract. You have to believe that Bob Bradley, John Thorrington, our front office, are seeing Edward Atuesta and the clamor that is happening for him over in Europe. They've got to be seeing something now from Mark Anthony Kay as well, who has really played well internationally in his time with Team Canada. And maybe even Latif Blessing, who knows? Maybe Latif might make a stint overseas as well. I mean, look, he is an energizer bunny. You wind him up, he is ready to roll. So playing midfield for Francisco Janela, this could be a really good spot for him to gain some meaningful minutes. Maybe a Lee Win role where he was coming off the bench. Maybe a starting role in the next couple of years as we lose one of these players. And you mentioned it. Kid is 20 years old from Uruguay. And the fact that we have beaten out teams like Barcelona for Diego Palacios and now a bunch of different teams from Serie A for this kid, Francisco Janela, it just bodes well for the brand for LAFC as well. You see our guys like John Thorrington continuing to do incredible work. Yeah, he said he wanted to be a seller's club, and we're basically stacking our roster to the point where we legitimately are going to be a seller's club. Unlike our counterparts from down the road, we aren't going for veteran proven talent that's on the last legs of their career. Although the Carsonian line, I can't say shock people, but it is rather interesting that he signed with AC Milan. We're not going to talk about that, but so welcome Francisco Ganella. Can't wait to see you on the pitch, brother. One of the little bit of news and notes that I want to make sure that we mention real quick before we get into what we'll talk about with our schedule. I just also want to say a big congratulations to Tom Penn, John Thorrington, and Larry Friedman. Those three top executives were awarded with multi-year contract extensions on, I believe it was Friday the 20th. So that little another little bit of LAFC news and notes. If you wonder why we have been so stellar so early, it is because of the triumvirate of Penn, Thorrington, and Friedman, in addition to a lot of the other fantastic people in our front office. So a big congratulations to Tom Penn. Tom, we know you're listening. We want to thank you for being a big fan of the show. And of course, John Thorrington and Larry Friedman has us set on his favorite podcast dial there on any of his different podcast sources that he gets it from. Hopefully it's from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations indeed and well-deserved. But that wasn't the only bit of news that came out on December the 20th. The Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League dates were announced on that same day with our first game on the road on the 18th of February at Estadio Leon. February 18th, mark it on your calendars. Now you can go out there and make sure that passport is renewed and buy that flight. Although I am hearing a lot of people are driving down to Tijuana and flying out from there just due to the, uh, well, the fun factor and, of course, the cost. But, yeah, February 18th at Estadio Leon. And then the second game is going to be played on the 27th at Bank of California Stadium at 7 p.m. So those are the dates for the CONCACAF Champions League. And in a very, very, very quick turnaround, yeah. our home opener 
is just a mere three days later. Three days because there is a February 29th this year. We're not stopping at 28, which is normally what February does because, well, we're in a leap year. My counterpart over here as a teacher knows all about the schematics of a leap year, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You really prepared me well for having to answer something about that. I clearly couldn't spit it out quick enough, so I wasn't even prepared to bring it up either. Stay tuned on our next episode to learn all about the intricacies of the 29th of February leap year because I haven't researched that yet, so we're not getting into (laughs) it today. But you mentioned it. it is a quick turnaround, Philly. March 1st, the return of Lee Wynn. He'll be coached by someone at that point. I'm not sure we know who that's going to be yet, Philly. Well, as of a few hours ago, we just came across this interesting bit of information. Diego Alonso is potentially the first head coach of Inter-Miami. For those who follow Liga MX, he managed Monterey as his last stint. He also coached Pachuca and Peñarol as well. In terms of a career as a player, he had a pretty impressive career within his own right. He even played eight games with the Uruguayan national team. 325 games as a player. 114 goals. He even played in Spain for clubs such as Valencia and Atletico Madrid before ending his career back in his home country of Uruguay at Peñarol. This might be their manager, and you know they need to sign somebody really, really soon because up until now they've been managerless. They don't have an entire full team. Yes, they did sign Juan Agudelo, who is a MLS veteran, and supposedly they're set to sign Roman Torres as well at a significantly lower salary figure. But despite all the stuff going on at Miami, as a fan down there, I'd be quite, kind of nervous. And again, we talked about this on Shoulder to Shoulder. Check out their episode 50, but you know, I don't care who Miami brings to the bank. The only thing I want to do is absolutely slaughter them and give them the rude awakening that they're going to get being so ill-prepared. But that's enough about that. Scarf, our schedule came out. Why don't we talk about our schedule, what to look forward to. I want to hear, and I'm sure the listeners want to hear, about the games you're looking forward to, the away games you're looking forward to, and so on and so forth. Yeah, you mentioned away games, and I am most certainly looking forward to a couple of different away games One of the cities that I'm really looking forward to heading to for the first time in my LAFC lifetime will be the city of Vancouver, and that'll be April 11th, and it's going to be exciting. We actually play three away games in April, only one of which I think I'll be planning to attend. I don't know if you're planning on heading to either Dallas or Chicago, but I circled that Vancouver date on my calendar. It is a beautiful city, and and a city that, honestly, if you are thinking about heading to any of the away days... And you can fly up into Seattle for a pretty cheap rate and then take the hour and a half drive up to Vancouver. It is a beautiful drive. I've made the drive actually from L.A. through Portland and then Seattle and then to Vancouver. And you're talking about three of the more beautiful cities, not just on your MLS schedule, but in the entire country. So I am definitely looking forward, at least early on in our schedule, to the away game at Vancouver. But Philly, let's talk about those three home matches in March real quick. We've got Miami, who we don't really know who's going to be on Miami yet. And then two pretty solid teams coming in, in the Philadelphia Union and the Portland Timbers. That's going to be a tough little stretch for us early on. We obviously know how well LAFC plays at home. But Philly, looking at that early schedule at home, what do you think about those three matches? So I I can't say that Miami's going to be a a tough matchup because we don't even know who the heck they have. I mean, yes, they have Luis Robles in net, which is a really good keeper. But who's their back line, really? We know they have Lee Wynn in the midfield. But who's going to be their goal scorer? So I'm going to chalk Miami off as a 
fairly easy win. I say we take him out three to nil. That is my guess. With Carlos Vela having a brace, for sure. That is my guess. I like it. Now, the Philadelphia Union did put together one of their better seasons in recent history. For the longest time, they were the team to beat in the Eastern Conference until NYCFC started winning games rather than tying games. And, of course, (laughs) I would say one of our biggest rivalries outside of the L.A. rivalry has to be with the Portland Timbers. We have our history with them. Nothing that's based on geography, but something that is definitely based on history. But within that month, and the MLS season this year is definitely starting a lot earlier, ending a lot earlier, and the MLS Cup ends November 4th. On top of the season being shorter, ladies and gentlemen, we don't play everybody. I repeat, we don't play everybody. And we mentioned that in previous episodes. We can argue that LAFC will have won the last significant supporters shield unless the MLS goes back to a concept in which every team plays each other but with the bastardization of the scheduling and this trophy I can't say it's going to have the same impact going forward that it did when we won it no you're absolutely right it was really a bummer to read about the three teams that we weren't going to play off the top of my head I remember Orlando being one of them and it's just one of those things where you begin to wonder what the Supporter Shield is really going to mean, not to MLS teams, but to the rest of the world as they look on and wonder, well, how can you win the Supporter Shield if you don't actually play every team in your league? So it's going to be interesting to see what that means moving forward and how that affects the Supporter Shield being viewed in the eyes of the rest of the world. And Philly, you and I have set, at least on our episode calendar, we're going to make sure that we run through an entire episode of nothing but our schedule and all the fun moving forward. Is there any other one game on the schedule, Philly, that really piques your interest before I give you mine? There's, there's a few, actually. I will tell you this. The fact that we are playing the Galaxy early on is very cool. That game is going to be happening on the 16th of May at home. It's not going to be the same rivalry without Zlatan. And they haven't made any major signings this year either. So will the rivalry have as much heat and hype as it did? Yes, probably so. But it's still not going to be the same Galaxy team. And they still don't have any big, massive marquee signings. But a game I'm looking forward to at home on the 24th, again, of May, sticking to the month of May, is NYCFC. And not because that that I was a fan of, a team that I did support early on in my MLS history, but they're one of the few teams that we haven't actually beaten. We played NYCFC last year on the road. We played them at home in our inaugural season. We never beat them. But at the same token, they never beat us either. That is a team we have only tied. So it would be really fun to take NYCFC and just rip them apart and have that happen at home. Yeah, I'm going to shoot fish in a barrel with the game that I am by far looking forward to the most. But I'm going to wrap it in a nice little sandwich, if you will. A a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, if you will. Yum, yum, yum. I am looking forward to the following stretch. Four away games in a row in July. We actually play five away games and one home game in July. But the gauntlet that I am looking forward to... The 12th of July at Minnesota. The 19th of July at New Jersey. That's right, New Jersey. And then right smack in the middle of all that fun on the 22nd at Nashville. And then the 25th at Seattle. Yikes. That is going to be interesting. I'm telling you, I really want to try to make it out. It's a Wednesday, I think, though, that we play at Nashville. That's going to be an interesting trip. 
I think, Philly, you and I have to sit down and talk about if we want to try and do the Red Bulls to Nashville to L.A. little stop that we might try, or if we want to go ahead and, and, and go full Monty with it and maybe try to go Red Bulls, Nashville, and then why not? Let's just go up to Seattle to complete the week. What, three games in eight days? That could be nuts. That's what I'm looking forward to the most so far. Well, you've got a very ambitious goal for next year. The Scarf, for his New Year's resolution, yes. wants to hit up 100 arenas. And what better way to do that than to go on that type of an away trip? I can tell you that two out of those three places, we're going to have places to stay. you got people in Nashville, and i got family and friends in, in New York. And I've got family in Seattle, too. We've got friends up there. So this could be really good for us if we want to try and do it. Now, I do want to clarify, Philly is making my task a little more daunting for me than it sounds. We're actually going to transition very seamlessly here into our New Year's resolutions. And I'm going to start with mine. And mine is exciting for me because I have decided to go absolutely nuts this year and, and try and see 100 different soccer clubs in 366 days because there's a leap day. So I got an extra day. So 100 clubs. And these are professional clubs that we are talking about. So if we head to Nashville, that's one club. If we head to the Red Bulls, that's one club. If we head to Seattle, that's one club. When I land in Guanajuato to watch Leon, that's one club. But it's not necessarily, obviously, just MLS clubs. These could be some USL clubs. Of course, I want to go make sure we check out Phoenix Rising and hang out with Steve and Kara and everybody else that we love so much over there in Arizona. But it's going to be a fun little New Year's resolution of mine to make sure, and I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of help with my co-host here right across the way from me, in seeing 100 clubs. I do have a personal New Year's resolution in addition to just traveling. The scarf currently sits here. I believe I am now 253 pounds. I dropped about 21 pounds or so from the start of last season. The goal, very simply, when we hoist MLS Cup on November 4th, is to be a svelte, svelte scarf at 205. That's the goal, November 4th, at least 205. Philly, what are your New Year's resolutions? For one, if we're going to all these away games and trying to be ambitious enough to hit 100 stadiums, I'm going to save money on jerseys this year. Yes, we are getting a brand new kit that will be one of a few, if not the only jersey, that I'm going to buy next season as a resolution. Ah. Save my money and spend them on things I need, like airplane tickets or like retirement money or, or stuff like that. That's my primary resolution. As far as you, I'm going to piggyback off of your New Year's resolution. I want to get from the 190 pounds that I am right now down to 170. And on top of that, I also want to complete a triathlon, which I have set out on my calendar in the month of May. It will be down in Venice Beach. So that is my ambition for 2020. It is the year I turn 40. Wow. Me and DMC over there at Crew, we are going to be celebrating our 40th together it's going to be a good one and in addition to turning 40 what i'm going to try to also accomplish is running 40 miles a month that is simply 10 miles a week very very you say the word simply that's 10 miles a week i haven't had to run away from anybody for 10 miles ever you haven't obviously pissed off nina anytime in the last (laughs) couple of months no i'm still faster than her luckily but that's about it (laughs) so no if anybody has seen me they would describe me as um as not fast slow um, I, I, I'm, I'm a water mammal. I swam and played water polo through my high school career and through part of college as well. I absolutely love swimming. I absolutely abhor running. So, Philly, 
I will watch you and the part of the Black and Gold Running Club as you run 40 miles a month, 10 miles a week. Good luck, my friend. And one other little New Year's resolution. What we want to resolve to you guys, and this is something that we've talked about, we will get a YouTube channel going. Yeah. We will get a website going. Yeah. And we will be at even more fantastic LAFC events in 2020. We don't want to miss a thing, although life and jobs and, and everything, look, it comes at you fast. And, and so sometimes we're just not says. able to make it to anything. But we do the best we can, and we want to keep representing our black and gold faithful and the black and gold family as best we can in 2020. Absolutely. More episodes, YouTube channel, website, written content, more merch, merch online, interview more players, more away days, spend less money on jerseys. I think we're in the ballpark together collectively to accomplish those. And I don't think they're unreasonable, although some people out there will probably argue that you spend less money on jerseys? Ah! Well, if I keep it simply to away days then, yeah, I would be saving money because that's only 25 bucks a month. Yeah, you're doing well on the away days, too, man. You've had some fun ones. You know, one last thing we want to make sure that we mention, again, we are kicking off our season-long fundraiser for the Think Watts Foundation. You can hear a lot more about that in our first episode of 2020, which will be coming out shortly. Of course, Wit Sticks, the founder of the Think Watts Foundation. That's going to be a lot of fun for us to be able to support that fantastic charity. So that will kick off. On Instagram, on the first, you'll see a lot about it. We have a fantastic black and gold Watts Tower pin that we'll be selling for $10 each. And I can tell you this, we will not sell out of that pin over the course of 2020. But once 2020 is over, you know what? That pin may be gone forever. We are going to sell as many of them as we can so that we can raise as much money as possible for that fantastic foundation. Absolutely. I've seen the pins myself. They are fantastic. You're definitely going to want this in your arsenal. And, of course, we're celebrating a really good cause here. We're donating money to philanthropy and a really, really good one created by somebody that you all know and love, somebody that we know and love, Sticks. So shout-out Sticks. Shout-out Think Watts. And that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Did you really think that we were going to do a 60-minute, 70-, 90-minute episode drinking Julius Peppers at free play? We have done it in Ah! the past, I think. Not a free play. That's true. Not a free play. We've left free play and done something longer, but we're, <laughs> we're at a bar. So we kept it short and short for you guys out there. We kept it short and short for the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank fans. And you know how we end this episode. Other than saying Happy New Year and Happy 2020, we are going to end it off with... Bye-bye. Bye-bye.